seems like, the, well, I know it for sure, but I'm coming to understand that in a greater and greater way, and hopefully even coming to enjoy it or become familiar and like it. God's ways are not my ways. No matter how much I want to throw a fit, no matter how much I demand, no matter what I see, God's ways are just not my ways. And his intention is to have, for us to have a relationship with him that he can teach us his ways. That we are to walk in the ways of the Lord. Even, I mean, in the New Testament, it says Jesus is the way. So it's like, oh, that's the way. Let's, let's study the life of Jesus. And say, oh, see now, see, studying and learning is not just about being able to regurgitate facts or say, well, I learned this because now I'm right. The learning, I believe, and the wisdom that the Bible talks about is, oh, I studied that. Now I become that. See, it's like, I think most Christians could probably like tell you what love is. The great love chapter back in the 70s, that was a charismatic movement. And, oh, love was just, because it was a bunch of hippies getting saved. And so they were, what were they? Oh, love, peace. So we were into love, you know. And so we took it from our perspective of what love was. But really missed what God had to say. Because most of that chapter on love had nothing to do with living communally or, you know, just spacing out. And we, but we never we, we read it, and most of the time, unless the Holy Spirit reveals things to us, we really go on our own emotions, our own understanding, and that's why the book of Proverbs says, don't lean to your own understanding. Now we go, yes, 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 but actually the reason the Bible gives us that warning is because we do that. See, the reason the Bible says is don't commit idolatry is why? Because naturally, we do. See, now we think, oh, well, we don't have idols. Well, in the book of Samuel we touched on, the, the sin of stubbornness is just like idolatry. We worship ourselves. And so we're to learn not to lean on our own understanding. Well, that takes a pressing in or a, a you know, real desire to say, Lord, let me study your ways and let your ways become my ways. And that has to be understood because it, God, the Holy Spirit, is working in you to conform us to the, the life of the Lord Jesus Christ here in this earth so that we can be the light of the world, that we are a testimony and a witness of Jesus Christ. So again, as we look, see, again, we, we read the Scripture, but we would actually agree with it in theory. Okay, I could tell you what love is, but how many of us actually walk in love? And embrace that as my definition of love. See, I, how many people love to suffer long? One of my favorite things to do is be patient. It's like, well, I don't, I don't. And so what do I do? I immediately think, that is not love. Because it doesn't fulfill some self-centered emotion in me. See, if I don't like it, it couldn't be God. Now, that's the premise that we come from. So we find that things happen that, oh, that couldn't, and the Pharisees had that problem, and each one of us had that problem. God may actually show up in our lives, and we might even be studying the Word, because the Bible says, as Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, you're studying the Word. But because you haven't studied me, you don't know my ways, you're not really learning what you're supposed to be learning. Now, I believe this is so important and so integral in the kingdom of God for the church and for our lives. They are really inseparable. And I... I I believe until that concept is really grasped and embraced, I think many times God will be moving in our lives and we'll be missing Him because we tend to separate, at least through our own understanding, of a spiritual life, which of course is everything that I want to do, 
and then the natural life, which is everything I want to do. And so we really don't allow that God is like wanting to come and say, see, God wants to come and reason with us. The Bible says in Isaiah, come, let us reason together. Now then, as good American people, and the people that have learned to compromise well, we think coming together in reasoning is, well, I'll say something, but you'll say something different, and we'll meet in the middle, and we'll all be good friends. That, that, you know, what do they call that? Bargaining in good faith, negotiations, the union do that, we come and we make contracts. But God doesn't have to compromise. See, God is always right. He always knows what He's doing. He never makes a mistake. It's not like, wow, you know what? Come, let us reason together. Now, He's not saying that to us so that He can get a better idea of what He should do. See, now, when we counsel, we say, okay, I might not have all the wisdom. Would you please give me some input? But when God counsels, he doesn't have to counsel with anybody. Matter of fact, he says, I, I wouldn't, you know, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you. If I needed a job, I wouldn't ask you. I'm, we think he's God Almighty. So in Isaiah, it says, come, let us reason together. And here is the reason. Your sins are as red as scarlet. I will bring the remedy. There's no open for, co- well, let me, I, no. This is the reason. Now, if you're reasonable, if you're reasonable, you'll say, that's true. See, but now what really... Now, again, there's a spirit in the world. The Bible talks about the spirit of Antichrist. John talks about it. It's already at work. This is some thousand years ago. Two thousand years ago that book was written. It says that is already increasing in the world. If John wrote that, you can be sure that the end times are closer now than we've ever been before. But if that spirit was then working, and it's now growing, we can say there's the spirit of Antichrist is at work. See, now... What I'm hearing more and more is that, man, Bible, the Christian religion, the church, they're so unreasonable. Well, no, that's not what God says. God says, I'm very reasonable. I'm going to forgive all your sins. Well, then we think, now see, we think, I'm going to forgive you all your sins. Who would want to not agree with that? Well, immediately, whatever God says, I'm immediately, because of my sin nature, because of the sin of pride and of stubbornness and the original sin of the devil wanting to be like God, that's that nature has come upon us. So when God says you're a sinner, what do I say? Oh no, I'm not. I mean, I might be a little bad, but I'm not. I don't need to be forgiven. I can, you know, work them. Oh, come, let us reason together. Okay, God, this is what you're saying. Now, my mind doesn't naturally think like that, but you think like that. So let me see where. See, the Bible says in um, Ephesians chapter four, I believe, it says, "As many as be thus minded." You've grown in, a, in the Lord to some extent. You've heard some things. As if, you can, if this is where God has brought you, as many as be thus minded, be that way. But in any other thing, God will reveal the areas that you need to change in. So we come to the Lord. There seems to be like, okay, we get glimmers of, okay, I'm growing, I'm growing. But as we're walking with Him then, we kind of say, He says, now it's time for this. And, oh, that's not right. But we're never in a place where Paul says, I've not attained. See, he's like, Okay, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. And what might have been acceptable at the age of five is not acceptable at the age of ten. And then usually what happens about that age, ten, thirteen, you know, different ages we got through, and, and we can relate to it in the church. We say, you don't love me anymore. I want to do what I want to do. Well, no, let's come back to the Word and say, God, what? God has a purpose that He's working in our life that we should be to the glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ that the church should be showing forth that love and that unity that Christ has with the Father.
now doesn't that see that's again a poetic verse just like we had you know we would have, you know Jesus said suffer the little children to come unto me now you know what the disciples did when the little children started showing up get away do you know why they probably acted a lot like this and then pushing who's going to get there first and oh man and it, it caused a scene you know God doesn't seem to be upset with what we would call problems as a matter of fact, he seems to show up in the midst of those problems. There's a man, he's been, I think, sick for 37 years at the, the pool, the five pools. 37 years. And there he is. I mean, the man is just hopeless. He's so hopeless that all he can do is wait for an angel to trouble the water. And he's, oh, there he is, a big problem. Jesus shows up in the midst of the problem and is able to take care of that problem. Proverbs, again, one, and again, we're, we're learning how to think like God thinks. Some of the things that we would actually think, man, that doesn't seem right, is exactly where God's going to show up. As a matter of fact, the more you're doing, I believe, in God, the more problems you're going to have. Jesus had a lot of problems with the twelve. Now, if Jesus just was by himself, probably could have done, you know, but that wasn't God's plan. And so now, the bottom line of this is, Lord, let me begin to think like you think. And let me be aware that, first off, I don't naturally do that. And many times my first reaction will be no. I don't have to say now, just wait a minute. Let me learn your ways. Now, I've got a title for this message. But before I tell you the title, let me ask a question. How many people did their homework? Okay, how, how many is one? Two, three, four, five. Mm. Now, that doesn't because we're not going to cover that anyway. But you go, Phew. Now, I want us to begin to look at things. How many people are, say, are born again Christian people? Anybody here? How many people believe in reading the Word of God? Okay. But how many people did not read Psalms 150? Okay, why? Now, this is, this is an object lesson. See, again... We are not motivated most of the time just because we're good people. What motivates most of us is the fear of punishment. Now this is a... Now we got to... See again. Oh, no, no. And, and now, now the world is continually trying to bring out the good in everybody. Have you noticed the world hasn't gotten real good? Because the Bible lets us know there is none good... No, not one. And if God is not the standard, if His purpose is not the standard, I become the standard. And what's going to happen is just like it says in Isaiah, the evil will become good. The things that we're shooting for will become good, and good will become bad. So all those that didn't do your homework, you need to come and get a spanking after class. But see, again, we like to think, oh, well, of course I would do that. I mean, who would... But we didn't do it. Why? Because there really was no fear. You didn't have to do it. And I'm not, I'm not upset about it at all. But I'm saying, okay, Lord, let me look at some of these. See, we like to look at examples that don't really touch us. See, I like to read the Bible, but unless these stories become in my life, I can look at Noah. I, I just The story of Noah, I think, you know, the actual building of the ark takes maybe a half a chapter or a chapter. It took 120 years. And we like to go, well, Noah and these guys and these guys. Well, wait a minute. Let's put us in that position. 
How many people would like to hear God tell them to build the ark or something like that? Would you do it? Why would you do that if you didn't read Psalms 150? It took about two minutes. If you were a bad reader, it took two minutes. Now, I see, I need to begin to agree with God and say, oh, I didn't read it either. Okay? But I read it last week, so I'm okay. Now, I want us to begin to look at this concept and say, Lord, you have a purpose for me that really naturally I know nothing about. And if I did know about it, I'd probably run from it. So, God, I need someone else. And that's why Jesus said, I'm going to send the comforter, the helper, to help you do that. And when the helper comes, you know what he's going to do? He's not going to make you feel good. He's not going to necessarily, you know, make you happy. He's not going to give you everything you want. He's going to come to remind you of what Jesus said. See, but again, we tend to like, how many people here like feelings? How many people, we just love feelings. Now, this is something we have to battle against. I mean, I think it's wonderful to feel good, but that is not my goal. And many times, emotions and feelings and desire can actually combat what Jesus wants to accomplish in our life. It's natural sympathy rather than fulfilling God's purpose. This is why Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, take up your cross. Deny yourself. Well, what does that mean, deny yourself? There's going to come things that you have in your mind that you believe are true, that you want to do, that you think would be right, and Jesus says, I don't want you to do that. Please come in. And they're going to be like, man, I don't understand that. Like Lazarus. Lazarus. And it goes on about Lazarus for quite a while. And, it, and again, while Jesus was here, the kingdom of God is here on this earth. As we talked about, the parables of the kingdom have to do with things in this earth. has to do with money. has to do with seed. has to do with treasure. has to do with taxes. has to do with all these things that really are not in heaven. But the kingdom of God is this unique creation, if you would, that is manifest in the Son of... in God becoming flesh. The God-man... And the kingdom of God is now within you by the resurrection of Christ. That same spirit comes in you that we have a treasure in earthen vessels. So it's not like, oh, the kingdom of God is here and then we have this earthly walk. It's the kingdom of God. The word of God became flesh. And what does it say? He walked amongst us and we said, oh, that's the way we ought to live for God. Wait, that's the way I ought to live for God. And that was so entrenched in the early church, I believe, that without that sign, if you would, for lack of a better word, the Word of God would have very little impact into their lives. They had understood that some God had done some great new thing. Instead of a God being afar off, the law being over there, and me being separated, some knowledge, it was God for, so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He took on human form. He walked in this earth to show us the kingdom of God. And He says, now you're going to have things in your life, and I want you to walk as you saw my Son walk, and that will be the fulfilling of the kingdom of God in your life. But see, if we separate this, let's turn to uh, the book of uh, Luke, I believe, yeah. Book of Luke. And then I'm going to tell you the name of this message. Luke 16. I'm going to name this message Missing your miracles. There's a lot of times I think God... I, see, Jesus... There's some people who missed out on Jesus, some of Jesus' miracles. Do you know who they were? 
the people who should have been closest to him. He says he went back home, and he said he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief, because they knew who he was. The fair, I believe there's miracles that Jesus wanted to do that he couldn't do because people missed their miracles. Great TV show. Don't miss your miracle. By Victor Redoyan. Would never fly. Luke. And I want us to see that many times, I believe because of this idea that we just, we're stubborn and we will not really yield to God's purpose. Other things in our life fill that void. Now, Jesus said it another way. He comes, he cleans us up. But if we don't fill that, what comes back? Some other things come back and actually work. And we're being led by things that are not really the Spirit of God, just move at the best, moving naturally. And it's the natural man cannot, cannot fulfill the will of God. No matter how good you are, no matter how much money you give to the poor, no matter how many times you come to church, and those things may be well and good, but the natural man, the man that is just of natural understanding, oh, well, we know Jesus. Some of even his brothers and sisters, they said, oh, we know him. This is who he is. They knew him, but they never knew him. They didn't know his ways. The children of Israel saw the things of God. We can say, well, yes, love is this, and this is this, and the church is this, but they never knew his ways. Their lives were never changed to say, oh, this is God. So when God would move, what did they do? They murmured and complained. They wanted to kill Moses. They wanted to go back to Egypt. And many times those same things in our lives because we view problems as problems. And we believe God is never, the, never in problems. But the Bible says God is surrounded by great dark clouds. The horror of darkness over Abraham when Abraham obeyed God and sacrificed all day long he'd sacrificed, and it said the horror of darkness came upon Abraham. When the horror of darkness comes upon me, I want to sit down and cry, run away, say it ain't God, I don't want to do it anymore. I was, I've been sacrificing all day long, and now all I get is this. And then it said in the horror of darkness that the Lord came and heard him. That's where our view needs to be. Lord, you're moving, irregardless of what I see or feel. And it may actually come as an affront to some of our natural goodness. Lazarus is dead. What do the disciples want to do right away? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? And yes, there's a natural part of us that does that. But Jesus was not here to make himself look good. He was not even here to, to heal Lazarus. He was not here to help the disciples feel better. He was here to do the will of God. And he actually prayed in that time of Lazarus. He says, I thank you that this has happened so that the glory of my Father may be revealed. In order for the glory of the Father to be revealed in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was ridiculed. They didn't understand him. They blamed him. And these are close friends to Jesus. You read that passage. Lazarus, he said he loved Lazarus. Martha and Mary, they, they, they had him over for lunch often. They knew each other. And they were, she was so upset, he was, she wouldn't even come out to see him. And when he went there, they were talking behind his back. The man who healed the blind, the man who healed lepers, couldn't he have come and healed him? What's wrong with this man that he would let this happen? I know there's none of us here that have ever accused God like that. Any Martha's here, Mary's here? Yeah, I would be one. 
because I have my eyes on myself. Lord, help me. Now, you're never going to not be that person because the kingdom of God doesn't suck out our flesh. We're waiting for the redemption of our bodies. I'm really looking forward to that. Being able to walk through walls and doing all kinds of stuff like that. You know, not having to, you know, can eat anything I want, not get fat. It's going to be a lot of fun. But we don't have that right now. We're waiting for the redemption of our body. That's the hope that we have. But those that have that hope does say what? We're going to purify ourselves. How do we purify ourselves? That's the way Jesus did it. Now, sometimes Jesus always doesn't look pure. Did you know that? And the more religious you are, the less pure he's going to look. So Jesus is going around with his disciples. I mean, if you had disciples and you were God, would you let your disciples go hungry? No, I would think that, boom, you know, I'm just walking around full all the time. If ever I want anything, there it is. But it says they were walking one day and they got hungry. So what did they do? They started eating out of the field with unwashed hands. I don't know if it was on the Sabbath. It was on the Sabbath too. So they had, they had unwashed hands, which is a no-no. And they're eating on the Sabbath. This is the Lord actually moving. Does it look like God? Well, the Pharisees were very quick to observe. I know there's no Pharisees here because that's historical. How many times has, have you seen some unlawful things going on in the church? And what rises up in you? Boy, if they were really Christians, you know, they would know better than that. And maybe it's me at the potluck, you know, eating We got to be, you know, and say, "Well, Lord, they would come to Jesus and say, man, if you really were from God, you'd know your disciples were like this. You would have to say no to Jesus and set them straight." Now, many times our, we miss our miracles because we will not hear the hard saying that Jesus speaks to us, and therefore, instead of fulfilling His purpose, something else rises up, and we miss out. And then once you start practicing stubbornness, it's a growing thing. If you look at the life of Saul, King Saul, had several opportunities to obey God, he did not. And at that final one, God says, I cut you off. And the stubbornness, I mean, takes over his life. I mean, he's actually going into witchcraft. He's going crazy because he chose not to go this way, but to go this way. Now, Saul, you understand, was God's anointed It was the one God had picked. But because he chose to move in this direction, stubbornness would overtake his life rather than the anointing of God. Same thing for each one of us. God is saying, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. That's why we talked about in Proverbs this idea of incline your ear to wisdom. Incline your ear to instruction. Now that word incline means bend your ear to it. Listen. Oh. Now, Saul would have done that and said, Oh, okay, yes. The story would have been different. But if we continue to harden our heart, Shabbat doesn't sudden calamity. So, oh, now, like I said, in the kingdom of God, it has it become the kingdom of God becomes, for lack of a better word, becomes real. How many people don't like reality? The whole world is is not. I mean. Uh, I mean, back in the, you know, I, I don't, anyway, drugs was a way out of reality. Alcohol is a way out of reality. Almost every TV commercial is a big, fat lie. 
I see this one now, and this one just gets me. I mean, it's so off the charts. Who would believe it? Ha, 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 everybody. There's this guy, I, you know, he's kind of an older guy. I think he maybe is a famous football player, I wouldn't know. But he's got a goatee, not as handsome as Don's. But, you know, he's got some gray in it like this. And he's, you know, mowing his lawn. And then there's all these, these, these I guess his neighbors are these. You've seen that one? They're, they're wearing hot pants, and they're these, you know, chicky kind of girls around. And he, and he waves at them, and they kind of go... And then these guys show up with the, the mustache coloring. You know, I've already colored mine. My color is gray. And they show up and say, we'll save the day. And so he, now, now he has a beard that you know, hasn't any gray in it. The next thing you see him, you see him in the hammock drinking iced tea. And all these ladies that, you know, I think their clothes are painted on them are mowing the lawn. And then the guys in the truck go, yeah, you got it. Well, see, we know, we know that really we don't really believe that. How many people are buying that stuff? They're living in an imagination. See, there's something else being sold here that we need to be aware of. Beware that these things don't take you. Because, oh, oh, that's important to me. That's why, okay, I'm giving you a heads up at school since we're having a lot of new kids at school. Not mentioning any names, but it's you. Okay. <laughs> I, this, this game. I mean, I grew up in you know in, in a public school in New York um, when ethnic wasn't in. That <laughs> was a big problem. <laughs> but we were always being left out of something. I remember that I probably told you a story. I didn't get some of the kids got a ride in a 1967 Corvette by one of the hoods in the in the neighborhood. I never got that ride. I was out of the gang for you know about three weeks because you know you didn't get to do that. I was the chocolate bar. I, you know, and when you come back and say you're the vanilla bar in an all-white neighborhood, it just doesn't come out real. It doesn't have the same punch. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, I, I don't know why I get off on those things, because I'm trying to find, there's got to be, you know, you're going to have those problems. And you know what? That actually has worked good things in your life. It might have been meant for bad, as Joseph said, but God had a different purpose for you. But in the school, I don't want to hear, you're not my best friend. Don't say that here. Don't say, I don't like you. Don't say, you're not in the group. Thank you. Help me out. Because that is just not of God. Period. Enough said. Even, I mean, you could have somebody really bad. And God should know about that. Have you ever wanted to straighten out? I have a list of how I'm going to straighten out God when I get to heaven. I know it's going to be a really sad day. Everybody's going to be watching me get a beating up there. I just, you know, okay, it's Victor's turn. Yes! Everybody's going. Oh, yeah. We don't want to do that. But Judas, Jesus picked a devil to be one of the twelve disciples. Shouldn't he have known better? I mean, it seemed to be fairly obvious the guy was dipping into the purse. I mean, they even, you know, it says, you know, he's dipping into the purse. Okay. <laughs> wow. God, God, what are you doing? Well, he, something more important than even... There was something more important, hear me well, than Jesus having his own good reputation. He thought the Father's reputation and the Father's purpose was more important than having His own comfort zone fulfilled. 
We've been made accepted in the Beloved. And if someone's acting like a dummy, you should go up to them very nicely and say, don't act like a dummy. We don't do that here. Not you're out of the club. Not we don't like that dress. We don't, you don't have one. We're not going to do that. Amen? All right, good. Now, where are we? Luke. Now, I said the kingdom of God, see, and I believe it, 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 it eludes us because we have a view of God that's really not, generally speaking, from the Scripture. It's usually this kind of basically centered around me. I think God is here to make me happy. I think God is here to straighten out my problems. I think God, God was created for me. This is not, no, wait a minute. The Bible says all things were created by him and for him. And he created all things for his good pleasure. Is anybody here a creation? We have a few creations. What, what are the rest of you? Okay. We have been created for God's good pleasure. Wow. And again, we know what God's good pleasure would be for me. I have the easy job. I have the... Well, God actually says, now, there's something more important that we know nothing about. Now, understand, God is not cruel, nor is He mean. But because of our warped understanding, we look at things and go, man, I don't... Man, we begin to accuse God. Talking about Job, it says, He did not accuse God foolishly with His mouth. Even though it would look like, my goodness. He's continued to understand God's purpose and fulfill that. There is a purpose that God has, and it's the kingdom of heaven, God in Christ, God in Christ, and he walked among us, insomuch that the disciples would walk with this, not just man, God himself in human form. And the interesting thing about God in human form, he had certain habits. He had certain idiosyncrasies. He had certain ways of presenting a parable. He had certain ways that would, like, that's Jesus. That's the kingdom of God. Where you could have the Pharisees saying the same thing. You could have other people saying the same thing. That's why Paul talks about that in Corinthians. He said, you can have many teachers. I think there's some wonderful teaching going on in the world today. I think you can turn the TV on and everything. But there's something that is not necessary. You do not need the Spirit of God or the kingdom of God to do a teaching. Anybody can teach. As a matter of fact, that's one of the problems. Most people that can't preach. This is not what God is looking for. You can go to a library. If, if that was all there is, for God so loved the world, He would have sent a book. He would have sent the CD. He would have sent a message. He would have sent a... He sent His Son. He says, I want you. Just like that when He sent Adam. He had a purpose when He created Adam. He had a purpose that man would walk with God and fulfill God's purpose. They sinned, as we have all sinned after their likeness. But the second Adam came to fulfill God's purpose, that God was now in Christ reconciling the world. And it wasn't just like, okay, I'm reconciling the world, I'm out of here. I want to show you that the kingdom of God is so near and dear to God's heart, He would actually allow His own Son to be sacrificed, that we would walk in that same way. And He would say, watch this, watch this. And without that, we can be led about, oh, that's a good teaching, that's a good teaching. Teaching, understand, that it's wonderful to have good teaching. The Pharisees had excellent teaching. 
As a matter of fact, Jesus said, what they tell you, do. But don't do what they do. Oh, wait a minute. What is he trying to say here? Teaching is very good, but there needs to be this power from on high that transforms me, that says, now I walk in a way. Paul's life, the Apostle Paul, life was transformed. His once was going this way, and he moved another way. And I, this was so... I, I find this interesting anyway. I, I don't know. Uh, Luke 16. Is that Luke 16? I don't think I'm in the right place. No, I don't want Luke 16. I want uh, Luke 24. We already covered Luke 16. Luke 24. Luke 24. disciples had invested over three years of their life with this man, the Lord Jesus Christ. They would have to exercise the same faith that you or I would have to exercise. Sometimes I think we believe if, you know, if Jesus was actually here, it would be easier to believe. Would not. Because it would be the same word of God, it would be the same faith that would have to exercise. Here you see this man. He grew up around you. You know his brothers and sisters has some funny stories about his life. Not a tremendously handsome man. He says, when we look at him, there's nothing natural that draws us. This man comes out and says, I am the Son of God. I'm kind of breaking it very simple. I mean, you're the Son of God. And you see, some people believe, some people wouldn't. Just like we would say, the church is the body of Christ. What's the first thing that comes into your mind? Oh, yeah. Really? This group? He must be talking about the bigger church. He must be talking about the good one. No, it's you the tax collectors, the Judases, the fishermen, the ones that have you ever, you know, all the problems, the one that gets to write a book in the Bible and says, I'm the one Jesus loves better than anybody else. It's, it's in there. I didn't write the book. How many of us would not put up with that? Jesus will put up with it. Not to tolerate it, but to change it to his purpose. If you won't put up with it, that's not the love of God. See, greater love has no man than this than he lays down his life for his friend. Even, uh, he's my, you know, we sing those songs, oh, Jesus is my friend. Would you put up with what he's put into your life? Lay down your life. Whoa. Lord, help us. So, back to uh, on the road to Emmaus. These people had invested years of their life. It would seem like their dreams were destroyed. That you're going to go through that and say it's the third day already. You know, if we thought this man was the Messiah, anybody here like that, thinking it, thinking it would have been better by now? Yeah. Well, he's wanting us to to, to to learn something. I know a lot of people, and I again, I, you know, if God, you must hear the voice of God, and you must respond to that. This is a determination, as I said, many times we miss our miracles because we do not hear that hard word that God wants to speak to us. But there comes a place to where I begin to say, oh, that's the way. I incline my ear to wisdom. And once I incline my ear to wisdom, what do I start doing? I start listening for it 
And if I incline, if I shut my ear to wisdom and I start listening to foolishness, the proverb talks about that. Don't go that way. Don't listen to this man. Don't leave a slow because I'll go that way. But when I hear wisdom, I got to say, okay, I hear that. Then the next time, you know what? I'm listening for it. I hear it better and better. And pretty soon, his ways become my ways. Now, there's always, remember we talked about that, the, the, the strange woman. There's always the one that's going to say, take it easy. Don't be so radical. Get along with everybody. Wait, no, no, I recognize that voice. They're never going to come mow your lawn. Okay? They're not coming to mow your lawn. This is what God wants to do. But unless I begin to see that this is really God's purpose, I will actually miss the Lord Jesus Christ in the ways that He really wants to show Himself. How does Jesus and, and the God show Himself? And most of the time we would look at that and at best we would miss it. Baby in the manger. A guy with 12 kind of funny people. He might have a church in Wickenburg full of you. Well, I don't want to win anybody. I don't want to convince anybody. If God has called you, you might look at Jesus and say, that's the Son of God even though at 5,000 might be leaving. Oh, and we're going to look at stories like that. But let's look at this. this I, I'm going to call it a, a, an idea or a principle. So there are, they, these, these two disciples, they're, they're just heartbroken. They're just devastated. I mean, their whole life, they don't, I mean, they don't know what to do. And beginning, then, uh, uh, Jesus appears to them. They don't, they don't recognize it's Jesus. They don't recognize it's Jesus, even though Jesus... Jesus would probably be the best teacher I could think of. I, I think he probably has perfect recall on where every verse is. I would think he knows the whole Bible pretty well, because he is the Bible. <laughs> and so Jesus now begins to ex- talk to these men about the law and the prophets. That's where we find ourselves in the story. Okay. And, then, and beginning at Moses... And the prophets, Jesus expounded unto them all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. And they drew near unto the village whether they went, and he made as though they would have gone further. He made it look as if he was going to go further. Have you ever felt that sometimes the Lord may be dropping you? He may be trying to draw something out. They didn't just say, hey, nice story, thanks a lot, see you tomorrow, next week. There was something else that was taking place in them. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went to tarry with them. Again, if you were, now again, if you were the Lord, wouldn't you have just come and said, Don't worry, guys, it's me. Everything's going to be okay. Or at least say, and you're teaching them, you wouldn't pretend like I'm leaving. Would you do that? How many people think that's mean? Let's have an honest show of hands. These guys are heartbroken. They're, I mean, their lives are devastated. Would you do that? Would you let Lazarus die? Anybody here like that? God did. So now I have to make a choice. Am I thinking like the devil? We don't like to say that. I'm thinking like God. This week I heard, I heard a lot of things. You know, when we get busy with take, trying to take... The, the wedding, I mean, I, I, man, unbelievable how much stuff you people do. But I heard some things. 
and I've got to call it into question because at some time the kingdom of God has really got to become real. Some things were going on and I heard, well, the people just want to do that. Well, they want that. That's not what we are about. That's what Samuel, Saul said. Well, the people, they wanted it. God didn't want that. There's certain things that I need to be told what I want. A child doesn't get every Cocoa Puffs he wants down the cinnamon. The, uh, you give a child everything he wants, you have a spoiled little brat. We don't call them brat faces, though. Heard that one this morning. Where did that rise up from? Not necessarily what God's direction was. Oh, I want to be nice. Now, I, be nice. I think you should be nice to people, especially me. Okay? I mean, I, I'm serious. But that's not necessarily, like I said, sometimes, I, you know, it would have been nice for my wife when we were living in Turkey. Like I said, I mean, I just, I mean have some pity on me. Have some pity on me. You know, I have to learn a language. I'm having to preach another language. Everything's taken away. The government's trying to kill me. I just, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I just, I, I'm just crying in my room. I think, you know, I'm still trying to be good. You know, this, this, this is, Christy, you go to the church. I, I just can't do it anymore. You tell them I'm, I'm not going to preach today. And my loving wife says to me, no. And I got mad. You better listen to me. I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do it. You don't go. I don't go. Turmoil. Well, we finally went. And unfortunately, back here preaching to you. Okay. Would have been better. See, I, I, just, I thought a man just get rid of my passport. I'll wander off in the mountains. Nobody, I mean, I, I never am I expected to be an American over there. They were going to get missionary and they have blend right into the society. I could herd goats. See, that's my, that's my women mowing the lawn. And over there, gray mustache and puffy eyebrows is in. So you don't. Even. Anyway, okay, get back to the story. So they drew near and constrained them. Don't go any further. And it came to pass. See, these are the things that now we're going we're to dismiss this as. Oh, that's just. How many people have ever said, "Oh, that's just the church that does that." Every eye closed. Oh, that's just my dad's way of doing things. Oh, that's just the pastor's personal opinion. Gotcha. Jesus had a way of doing things that the disciples thought was so important that without those things, they wouldn't recognize them. And I think we do ourselves a great misservice because we don't know God's ways. Why didn't God just send Jesus as a spirit? Because God is a spirit. He could have come. He's not going to do that. He sends them in a body. And there was times Jesus was hungry. He went through the field. He had to eat. There's things that moved. And he, they learned. And actually, they, they saw that God was in Christ. And they're saying, oh, this is the way the kingdom of God is happening. So here Jesus is preaching to them. But what happens now? When are their eyes going to be open? When are they going to get excited? And it came to pass, as he sat down to eat with them. He took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. What? I mean, here he's, he's teaching to them. Jesus is teaching them out of the law and the promise. What deep insight you could have. But when did they burst out with joy? When did they recognize, this is my Jesus? See, 
the other stuff, I'm just going to speak plainly here, is a cover-up. Anybody can expound to me your wonderful doctrine. It may be true. It may not be true. I'll tell you what, I don't really care. Can you clean toilets with me? Can you stay with me for 38 years when I'm crying? Can you, when it seems like Jesus left you down and it's the third day and we're having to run for our lives, your doctrine doesn't do you any good. But the kingdom of God that you've learned will change your life if you start inclining. Oh, wait a minute. That's just not some weird deal. That's actually... That's Jesus. I remember how He used to eat with us. This is the way... He did it not because... I mean, He did it because this is the way God wanted them to do it. This is something they needed to learn as part of God's personality. That would be like, okay, that's what Paul says. He says, I didn't just preach the gospel to you. Even at that time, there was people going around the world preaching the gospel. Some for gain, some against Paul, some for doing their own thing. He said, I don't just preach the gospel to you. I delivered my own soul. So it was just, oh, okay, the kingdom of God. Blah, blah, blah. Come, let me teach you how to make tents. Let me show you how to handle your children. Let me work with you. Let me labor with you. Let me go to prison with you. Let me go with... I thought I knew Christy before we were married. Don't know her. Didn't know her at all. Now, I thought I did. See, and sometimes our imaginations are things. Some of us thought we know Jesus before. Some of us had ideas about church. Most of those things are going to have to come down. And you're going to say, oh. how many people have you got married after some months, years, weeks, days? This isn't what I bargained for. That's not who I thought she was. That's not the man. No, you're right. That wasn't. You were wrong. God had another. You didn't meet up to my expectations. Anybody ever say that about the church to God? This church doesn't meet up to my expectations. Your expectations are wrong. God has a plan. Either you want to run your life, which would be very nice. We had an honest show with that a couple of weeks ago. How many people here would want to run their life? Well, yeah, because you wouldn't be here having to listen to this. You know, I wouldn't have to be here. Wait a minute. That's not the gospel. The gospel is let's look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it came to pass when Jesus broke bread, their eyes were opened. Not in the deep teaching of Jesus. Their eyes were opened when they saw the kingdom of God. Oh! The teaching with this person is Jesus. And it says their eyes were opened. And they, they got excited. And their eyes were open, and they knew it was him. And immediately, as they knew it was him, he left. I don't get this book. You would think it'd be like, oh, wow, you finally got it. Let's have a party. Boom, let's make some, you know. There's something. Oh, wait a minute. God wants to do something else I don't know about. Now, they go back and rehearse this story, and they, they, they mention everything. But the thing they think is pretty important that they mention, not that man and Moses and he taught us, let me tell you about what he, he brought out some things out of the book of Moses, man, I'll, you know, lift up your robe about it. No, and it said, and they told what things were done in the way. 
and how he was made known unto them in the breaking of bread. Yeah, he talked about us all like this, but then we knew it was Jesus because he acted like Jesus. Oh, then the teaching made sense. So there's got to be this inclining my ear to wisdom. And I want us to look at that in John chapter 6, because I believe many times that God is bringing a word to us, a situation to us, and we miss it because we're looking for something that is not here in this earth. What's here in this earth is the kingdom of God that doesn't look like the kingdom of God. The Bible says in... in the, I'm going to just read this because I think it's, it's important to lay a foundation for the next weeks ahead of us. Uh, the, in, the, in the book of John, the book of John, First uh, John, First um, John chapter 3, verse 2, and then we'll... Beloved, now are you the sons of God. When? Right now. Right now you are the sons of God. I, th- thank you, son. No, go for it. I, I need, we, need, yeah, we, we, need, we need some. That's what we like. Okay. It's better than this. <clears throat> beloved. And there it is, beloved again. Yeah, you, you didn't get to ride in the stingray. Yeah, you might have some problems. Yeah, your hair might stink. But you are my beloved. We're not kicking you out. Might have to correct you. But we're not playing the favorite game. The instinct game. Out of here game. Not my best friend. We don't have best friends. We are all, Jesus said, we are all brethren. And God is your father. Yeah. Now there might be people you like to hang around a little bit better. I'm not going to talk about that. Beloved, now are you the sons of God. When? Right now. Now, you might come to a point today that you're not going to feel like a son of God. You might actually have things to happen to you that shouldn't happen to a dog. Like a facelift. (laughs) I can't make this stuff up. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. But it's there's going to come times that it's not going to look like when we see Jesus hanging on the cross it's not going to look like salvation it's not going to look like the power of God it's going to look like we esteem him stricken, smitten of God they're cursing at him the devil says we got him, we won not going to look like but God is at work in you, Job God is at work in you, Samuel God is at work in you, Abraham over the years and the months of being bored, of walking and walking God is at work. And he believed God and was accounted unto him for righteousness. They never received the promises, but they saw them afar off and they began to be thinking, wait, that's not the way Jesus said. That's not the way my father spoke. Wait, I'm inclining my ear to wisdom. You know, I want to please this person. I want to, but wait, that's the voice of the Lord. Oh yes, that's the way he, that's the way, I remember how Jesus does it. Yes, wait a minute, he went and prayed on that. No, he didn't go right away. Wait a minute, he taught us about, wait, that, this is that. He said, well, I know what to do because the doctrine says. Doctrine is fairly empty. Pharisees had great doctrine. No kingdom. No relationship. No understanding. And their doctrine would actually move them further and further away from God. Now, it's important to have good doctrine. No, don't get me wrong. But if there is not this, oh, that's Jesus. I, that's the way he did it. I, 
practice. I go through them almost every day. Beloved, now are you the sons of God, but it, yet does, it does not yet appear what ye shall be. Some days, does it look like you're not walking with God? Does it look like some days you've been taken advantage of? Would you just like a break sometime? Yes! Well, well let's look at Jesus. Well, let's take it by faith that it does not yet appear. It doesn't yet appear. When you read about the church, the glorious church, that God's infinite, wonderful, eternal purpose is going to be made fulfilled by the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. You go, yes! And then you wake up and look at this. Do you still say yes? If you don't, you're not walking in love. You're not walking by faith. You're walking by stubbornness and our own sentimentality. I'm saying, well, no, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. Wait a minute. God is leading me. If this is His church, the fullness of Him that fills all in all, it doesn't yet appear that. But that's what He said it's to be. And whatsoever is not of faith and when he shall appear, then we will be like him, for we shall see him like he is. There's going to come days in your mind and your time that what you're seeing doesn't look like what you thought. When you saw Jesus on the cross, that's why they went in the road to Emmaus. They, that's it. It didn't look like it. Okay, where were we now? In the book of... Uh, no, that was the book of John, but I, I, I went to someplace else. Oh, Acts chapter 6. The John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We want, don't want to miss our miracle. I think we miss our miracle. We'll not have time to go into all the stories today. Because Jesus wants to speak something to us, but we're too stubborn. We don't love Him enough. We, don't, we just don't love Him enough. That's, and God wants to continually press us. See, little children love their parents very easily. It's just kind of there. When you first say this, like, I remember when I... Man, my sins are forgiven. Oh, and man, the church, and oh, hallelujah. And then as you grow, children have to work at loving their parents. And then sometimes vice versa. I think they should have recycling bins. You have your trash, your aluminum cans, and your children. (laughs) And no one would pick them up. We have to work at that. See, love doesn't... See, love is something that has to... For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world, it cost Him everything. Do you love one another? Oh, yes, man, when it's groovy and the incense is on, and oh, wow, the worship is really neat, then we love each other. But when He acts like an idiot, I don't love Him. Love is something I have to work at. Wait a minute, this book says it's the body of Christ. We're in unity. I'm going to work at that. There may be something in my mind that's keeping me from seeing you that way. Never, none of us ever look at that. You know, there's that jerk, man, that idiot, those guys. He wants to say, no, no, no. I think, and again, this is one of our great teachings. Remove the, the, the beam that's in your own eye first. How many people know that? Can I see a show of hands of all the hypocrites here? Yes. Okay. I think hypocrites are, it's good to be in the church if you're a hypocrite. We can get healed. We know that, but how many of us actually practice that. So when something happens, it's the last, oh, I know, maybe I'm not seeing it right, but, <laughs> and the but is always, you know, my man, and they, they make me sick, and they make me mad, and they don't know. Wait a minute. 
God's re showing you that to reveal something in your own eye. Take that out first, and you might be able to see, oh, see, Joseph had to go through that. And it doesn't happen overnight. See, wouldn't it be nice if God could just, boom, Joseph had to be sold into slavery. He had to be thrown out of Potiphar's house, put in jail, his whole life destroyed. And then he finally said, oh, you were doing this, but now I see God had another purpose because I got my eyes off of myself. That God meant it to preserve. It wasn't all about me and my fancy dancy coat. It wasn't all about me being the favorite brother. It wasn't all about me being the boss. It was God had another plan I couldn't see because I was so, and the moat usually in your eye is you. I can only see me. Whenever I'm mad at anybody else, it's usually because they've irritated me. Rarely am I upset because they've, you know, done something wrong against God. And I'm, they're bothering me. Why don't they let me? They just leave me alone. I don't know why they can't make me moat, get the me out, oh, we might be able to see Jesus. Okay, we're going to finish up here. In verse 60, Jesus now is speaking. Again, kingdom of God stuff. Jesus had just fed the 5,000, I believe, a few a chapter in this chapter earlier. Some of these now the disciples, the disciples. These are called disciples. Five thousand disciples, people that are following Jesus. They love Jesus. They they, they receive him as Lord. But they're going to miss out on their miracle. And that great, I got that back in there. We don't want to miss out on your miracle today. For nine ninety five. These disciples, Jesus is going to speak to them, as Jesus would speak many many times, to do the impossible. We're not going to get to finish this. Jesus would say to a person that had a dried up arm and could never move that arm, he would say something so cruel as, stretch forth your arm. Have you ever heard anybody say something so stupid to you? And what have you said? Oh, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. If I could stretch forth my arm, I would. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to say. And they could have said, I'm out of here. When they heard that hard saying that would crush them to the bone, they got their miracle. When Jesus would say to the Pharisees, you vipers and snakes, they wouldn't hear that word. They missed out on their miracle. This is going to be like evangelistic TV show. The disciples, again, disciples learned Jesus' ways. So Peter and John, it was Peter and John, right? They went to go into the temple, right? And Peter and John seemed to have some friction. Yeah, because John's telling on Peter in the book of John, and, you know, Peter's got a thing there. So Peter and John are working that out. See, John is kind of like the poetic one that can say anything he wants and everybody thinks he's talking nice. Peter opens his mouth and everybody's, oh boy. So they're, they're actually seeing a greater purpose. And so they're on the way to the temple, and they've been with Jesus. And they see this guy wanting some money. Poor guy, he's lame, he can't walk. Give the guy a break. And they look at him and say, Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, give I thee. It must have been John talking. 
they grabbed him by the hand and pulled him up. Are you nuts, man? What do you think you're doing? I want I, I didn't I don't want your hocus pocus. I want some money. Have you ever I, I don't know how many people here have ever had to beg, ask for spare change, things like that. I don't I don't want the nice look. I don't want the I want the money. I don't even care if you spit at me, give me the money. When you hear get a job, it's not a good sign. Silver and gold have I none. Next. See, this is the reality. We miss it in the stories unless somehow it touches me. Okay, there's going to be some impossible things in your life that you're going to say, don't make me do that. I will not believe that. Silver and gold have we none. He could have, man, I can't walk. And immediately, he got his miracle. And God is waiting to give you a miracle today. Over and over again, you're going to see. We don't have time to look at the widow. We'll look at Elijah and the widow. You want to hear about someone who's real? How many people have ever, close your eyes if you'd like, have accused me of being mean? (laughs) Wait, put your hands down. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Now, I mean, I could be mean from time to time. Actually, anyway. We need to say, what is God doing? We're going to look into the story of Elijah, this hard saying. And this, let's just stop here. And many of his disciples, when they heard this saying, said what? This is a hard saying. Who can hear this? What do you mean stretch forth my hand? What do you mean take up my bed? He's talking to a man who's paralyzed. And what does he tell him? Take up your bed and walk. What a cruel thing to say. There's no sign. There's no... He just moves on that word. And something happens. They begin to incline their ear to hear wisdom. Wait a minute, I never believed that before. I don't believe that. Paul never believed in Jesus Christ before. But something happened and he heard and his life was changed. And from that day forth, he began to incline his ear greater and greater and greater so that he would begin to be used by God to write most of the New Testament. He would be used to preach the Gospel into all the world. He would let go of all his life and sum it up as I have not attained. I count everything in my life but rubbish that I might learn about Jesus. There's things in your heart, in our minds, that are keeping us from our miracle today. Hallelujah. Now we're going to continue to look at that because there's some hard sayings that God has been speaking to you about. And Man, I wonder why nothing's happening. Well, your bed's still there. You're still walking around like this. So don't you touch me, man. I just wanted the golden... Don't tell me what to do. Okay. What are we inclining our ear to? My own stubbornness? Or wait. I used to think I was a really smart man at the age of 16, 17 years old. Had it down. I'm finding out that I'm really pretty stupid. Thank you. (laughs) I think he was saying that really about himself. I'm going, Lord... I don't know too much. Matter of fact, I don't know anything at all. And the things that I do know, unless you're speaking to me, I probably know incorrectly. Lord, let me be able to hear your word so Christ is straightened in me. And I begin to, oh, that's what... And I start hearing wisdom. Amen? Amen. All right. We're going to have lunch.
right afterwards, go downstairs, have a nice time of fellowship. Amen, Lord Jesus, we thank you for you able to speak as only you can speak to our hearts. I ask your blessing on this time in Jesus' name. Amen.